going to be a lot of fun. Hey, you know, the Bible is full of celebrations. Uh, God actually instituted parties in the Old Testament to stop and celebrate. They're called feasts, and they were in the calendar on a regular basis because God loves celebration. God loves parties, and we're not going to let the world steal away from us how great parties can be, and we're going to party for the glory of God. So it's always a good thing to stop. Hey, when it's your birthday, you should party. And when, when it's your anniversary, you should party. And so when, when we finish an accomplishment like uh, fixing out our lobby and our outdoor patio space, we're going to stop next week and party and have a great time. So I want to encourage you to come and be a part of that. We're going to have a fantastic time. We're going to have a fantastic time today. You are in for a, an amazing, special treat. Pastor Whit Tolan is here with us today. According to Gabby Elias, he is the best. I said, hey, what does that mean? But uh, for those of you that may not be aware of him, a lot of you guys know uh, Pastor Whit and his beautiful wife, Ressie. Ressie, stand up just so we can say hello. We love you, Ress, so much. And uh, that little bitty thing has given birth to four strapping boys, and you're going to see a picture of them in a minute. And uh, she's like dynamite in a small package. Kind of takes after her spiritual mama. And uh, yeah, a little, little fierce th stuff going on. But uh, Pastor Wade and Ressie actually were a part of our church from the, almost the very beginning, literally, when we started out in the little tiny hotel conference room. And uh, we've been friends for really like spiritual family for over 28 years now. And they, uh, Pastor Wade was on staff for us with uh, probably nine years, eight or nine years. And we uh, actually pulled together and sent them out to start the church on 68 in Greensboro, North Carolina uh, in 1999. So really 19 years ago, uh, we got rid of them. I mean, we sent them out and uh, we invested into them we prayed over them you know we poured finances we sent people because we wanted to help them in every way but I mean you know it, it's not just how you start but it's how you keep going and uh, so these guys are 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 more than just like somebody to come be a guest speaker in our church they are part of our spiritual family pastor Witt was here helping with Tori's uh, wedding yesterday so you are in for an amazing and special treat today would you stand to your feet please and welcome pastor Witt Tolan today you're so amazing I love you thank you Hi, right, come on. All right, all right, so good. You guys may be seated. What an honor it is to uh, be here with you guys. We had a blast in first service, and uh, I know that God has something significant in store uh, for us here in second service. And uh, hey, I do want to just take this opportunity just to say, Rest, thanks so much. I'll put a picture of our family up. And uh, we do have four sons. Andrew on the back left is 22, just graduated college, and will be getting married in the fall. The guy with a lot of hair behind the guy with no hair is Ashton. 
Uh, he's our third son, just graduated high school on Friday. Uh, Evan, behind his mom, is a rising 10th grader, and then Spencer uh, is a rising junior in college. And so, babe, I just want to say thank you so much and just honor you as well. Can we just give Russ another shout right now? So uh, I, I do want to uh, give a word of encouragement. There's, there's lots, actually, that's going to be coming at you this morning. And uh, I wanna, the first thing I want to say is this, and this is a, uh, this is a charge to the church, uh, the charge to the Rock Church, charge to you. Uh, never underestimate the power of your voice in corporate worship. I'm going to say that again because that was like, what? Never underestimate the power of your voice. Say, my voice. Listen to me. There's people that are standing next to you that cannot do what only you can do. And when we lift our voice together as one voice, then we believe that there's things that begins to move spiritually, begins to shape. And actually, I, I just had a very keen sense, and I shared this with First Service, is that the worship from Monta Vista Road does not stop at Monta Vista Road, but it actually is a spiritual frequency that will help bring shift and change to the astral area. So I want to just encourage you, the worship is not for you, but it is for him. So we're not up here performing, singing songs to hope you feel better. We are called to come together as the church, the body of Christ, to declare his praises. And how many of you know that the Bible says, if he be lifted up, what's going to happen? He would draw all men and women to himself. So as we magnify the Lord together, not watch these guys sing, but as we magnify the Lord there's a spiritual dynamic that is released where the Spirit of God begins to draw people. It's one thing to say, well, we want to see Asheville saved. We want to see, I want to tell you, worship is a crucial component of doing that. Amen. Do you believe that? We received that word uh, this morning. So what does that mean next Sunday? It goes something like this. It actually means we begin to lift our voice. Come on, there, there, is, there is power. There's something that is released, not just in your thoughts. And your thought life is crucial, and, it, and it's part of our growth, and we need to renew our mind according to the Word of God. But it's not just the thoughts on worship that actually equals worship. Amen? It, worship is, it, it actually has a sound, and it's not silent. Amen? We're not into the sound of silence around here. Come on, we're in the sound of celebration and lifting up the name of Jesus. Amen? So uh, I had a very clear picture this morning, uh, having been on staff and been around with Pastor Kirk for literally over 28 years. And you know what? There's only some things that can happen that take 28 years to be established. You can't get 28 years in, in, about, in, in an MLI class. That is awesome, but I hope to see you guys 28 years from now. Amen? And there's some things that only get established through time. I will never forget one of the words of, many words of wisdom Pastor Kirk shared with us is, uh, you cannot pull leaves on a tree to make the tree grow any faster. And the reality is, is that we live in a culture that like we want it now. We want, we want 28 years uh, through the drive-through. We want 28 years, if I can just lay hands on you and give you something of 28 years, and it just actually takes 28 years to be established. And one of the things that I've actually come to settle in my own life as a son sent, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes, is the reality is that my gifting is different than Pastor Kirk's gifting. 
My anointing is different. It's complementary, but it's not the same. And I want to just make this declaration to you right now from a 28-year uh, uh, family member. You have one of the most prolific, profound teachers in the body of Christ. <clears throat> my Lord. Now listen, I'm going to be on my very best behavior to try to stay up on stage. I know sometimes I'm a nightmare for camera guys. He's <laughs> like, remember seeing those TV shows and sometimes the, the church and the people just run right through the camera and... Amen. We might just get us a Holy Ghost run up in here. But, uh, but hey, hey, amen. You better watch it. It'll, it'll hit you. Uh, but, but really, church, uh, and I want to say this. The grace that your pastors carry, it, it's, a, it's a gift from God to the Asheville area. And it's actually, it's the anointing that he carries to teach. Get ready for it. Not just the teaching itself. It's what they carry not just what they say. Because how many of you know it's possible to say a thing, but then just because you said it, that doesn't mean that you mean it. How many of y'all like Chick-fil-A? Yeah, don't even bring that up. It's Sunday. Thanks, Pastor Witt. Got to wait till tomorrow. Hey, my pleasure. How many of you have ever had the feeling when they said my pleasure that I do not think that means what you think it means? I don't, I don't feel it was your, but my pleasure. It's like, was it? Yeah. So, so in a time when we, when we place high value on delivery style and styles of communication and all that, that stuff is great. But listen to me right now. If, if you catch what they carry, not just what they say, you're going to find your life, as Resi and I have found our lives, generationally impact. And here's the thing, not only have our lives been impacted, our four sons have been impacted. And listen to me, we have six-year-olds in our Wednesday night prayer meeting that are coming up to the microphone saying, I hear God say, we are those that always move forward and never shrink back. And they're six years old, learning to hear the voice of God in the place of prayer. So let me just tell you from experience, I am standing here as a testimony of the grace that they carry. It's not just what they say. Pastor, you said this thing when I was doing, I don't know, one of the hundred different things I did around here. Uh, you said that the youth will never remember your messages, but they will remember you. Which testifies to the fact it's, what's, it's what you carry, not just what you say. Amen. And so I've realized over 19 years, almost 19 years being a senior minister and a staff uh, pastor here, finding my way in all of that, that it's taken that, probably that amount of time for me to settle in what God has called me to do and what God has placed on me. Listen to me. I am not my anointing, but I have one. Let me say that again. I am not my anointing but I have one. And part of my grace in the deposit that God has placed on my life is going to manifest differently this morning than manifest weekly here with the teaching anointing. And here's the deal. The Bible says, and we'll just make a quick reference to this, but in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, the Bible says this, and God has given gifts to the body of Christ. Say gifts. He's given gifts to the bodies of Christ. He's to the body of Christ. He gave the apostles the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers. And their job is not to just come up here and do a little dance. It is to, it is to equip. Come on, get down tonight. Mm. 
Their job is to equip the body for the work of the ministry. So watch this. Those called to the ministry, the gifts of the ministry, are to equip you to be the minister. Most of the time, we are continuing to prop up an Old Testament model where we say, no, 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 that's the ministry's job. And I want to tell you this morning that part of Pastor Kirk and Pastor Suzette's job is to equip you to be the best minister in the city of Asheville. Amen. It's not to just come and take from their ministry, but to receive from their anointing. Somebody needs to write that down. If you don't write it down, you're going to forget it. So you better grab a pen and paper and an envelope in front of you. You better grab something because it's going to come at you hard and fast. Are you ready? Here we go. So one of the things that I've realized is that the manifestation of my gift is less like a teacher and more like I'm not quite sure what. Maybe by the time we're done, we'll figure it out. It was interesting this morning as uh, Rusty and I were talking and we're staying at the hotel having coffee. I feel like the Lord gave me a picture that I'm going to share with you because it's going to help you actually to relate to what I do. Because if you try to relate to me like you relate to Pastor Kirk, you're going to be, your head will be spinning and you'll be wondering, does, what is this guy even doing? And it's because you're trying to relate to me like to that gifting. And I want to tell you, this is how this gifting operates. I had a picture that when I preached that instead of like a teacher who will start with a topic, build the topic, communicate around it, and you feel like you have this very clear A to B to C to D, and then you can leave with this great little compact thing. How I minister is a bit more like bullet points. Bang, 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 bang. So they're like little one-line thoughts. Bang, bang. Where's it all going to end up? And then I thought about if you were to look at a target, if you were actually shooting at a target, when I'm, when I'm ministering, if you will receive what I'm carrying, what I'm saying, it'll actually, you'll step back afterwards and you'll feel like center mass. You've gotten all of this. So the goal is actually going to be established, even though we're going to get to it a different way. Amen. Does, does that help you? So that's why I think you, you should, like really, in fact, I'm, I'm, I'm curious as to, some of you guys, uh, guys have notebooks and pens. I want to tell you, because I know what's coming out of this place week in and week out, you really do need to come with pen and paper. Because the Bible says, he talks about how the word of the Lord will go forth, and, and, uh, and it'll go forth like seed. And I don't have time to preach that message this morning, but I want to tell you, as soon as you walk out of here, is that if you've not actually received that seed and you've just listened to it, you'll experience something the moment you walk out these doors, and you'll quickly forget the word that was sown. And I want to tell you, he doesn't look up sermons uh, on sermons.com. You're not just getting some old leftover stuff or some other information. I'm telling you, I know the man. And as he's praying and seeking God, and the Lord is beginning to speak to him, so I encourage you, I beseech you, for those of you, (laughs) by the mercies of God, that you would not just listen to the word, but receive the word that's being preached. Amen? And so I believe this morning that there's some very clear things that the Lord is wanting to communicate to the church as a whole. And now, all right, buckle up. Are you ready? I'm going to speak to the church as a whole. I'm not speaking to you, to you, to you. When I stand here on the stage, I'm speaking to the Rock Church Asheville. Rock Church of Asheville, amen? So I want you to receive this word as a word to the church, though it might have personal application. I believe that when God looks down from heaven, he doesn't see individuals, but he sees his bride. Come on. And so I believe when God looks at us corporately as a unit, we will begin to then function as God has intended. So, so uh, I'm going to share with you, this past Tuesday, uh, my wife and I were traveling, and we were on our way home, and, and I've got a, a, 
what we would call a prophetic word, if you will, or, or a, it's, it's actually a, a very clear, current uh, communique from the heart of God. And, uh, and before I read that, I want to make a couple pretty profound statements. And the first is this. Giving creates a space for God to move and prove he is able to provide. Your response in giving creates space. Listen to me. You will never know God as Jehovah Jireh until you and I give in such a way in response to him that it is beyond what would seem reasonable or what we can pull off without God's help. Now, most of the time, we don't like to be stretched, and we believe in abundance, and we understand that, that as we sow, that we shall reap, and there'll be abundance. And listen to me, your abundance is never for you. Your overflow is never meant for you. Whenever God blesses your life, it's always meant for somebody else. There's a story in Proverbs where the guy says, oh, I'm just going to build a bigger barn, and I'm going to keep accumulating. Don't be an accumulator. Be a giver. Be a sower. Allow the river of God to continue to flow through your life. But giving, your response in giving creates a space for you to discover God as Jehovah Jireh instead of here's five keys on Jehovah Jireh. How many of you know you can quote scripture, you can even sing the song. Remember at Ken and Coral? Jehovah Jireh, our provider is grace is sufficient for me. A little throwback. Pastor never let me sing on the worship team. I'm just telling you. Now you know why. BK, but, but, but it's the heart that counts. <laughs> That's naughty, amen. Right? Your giving creates a space. So don't be mad when there's an opportunity to sow. Why are we always doing offerings? So you get to know him as Jehovah Jireh. Lord, have mercy. I want to jump down from here so bad, but I'm going to be such a good boy. Listen to me. I know these guys. They're more interested in you knowing that God is a provider than they are interested in any offering that's ever presented. So allow that word to work in your life. Come on, get, get courageous. And here's something I found out about the Holy Ghost, is that when it comes time for offerings, and you say, Lord, how do you want me to participate? That's always a good place to start. Lord, don't calculate. Ask the Lord how you're supposed to participate. Some of y'all better be writing this down. You'll forget it. Some of us live calculated lives, and I'm not coming against calculation, but sometimes we can calculate God out of the equation. Here's something that I've found is that more often than not, that when you ask God how you are to participate, your first thought will be something like this. Oh. Your next thought will be, get behind me, Satan. But how many know something about the devil? He never asks you to bless somebody. He, he's never like, yeah, just, you know, I'm thinking, oh, I'll give 10. And the Lord's like, give 100. What do you, oh, oh, get behind the devil, get behind. The devil's not going to ask you to bless somebody. See, we start, oh, this isn't even in the notes. This is free, so you know it's good. So often we have listened to the voice that's actually a voice that we've created instead of developing our ear to be able to hear the voice of the Lord. Hey, come here. Just lean in. How many of y'all want to learn how to hear the voice of God? How many of you know that you've been built and created in his image and Jesus said what? My sheep will know and hear my voice. I have discovered 
Gave my heart to the Lord uh, October 26, 1986. Been walking with these guys for 28 years. I have discovered that the greatest first place to learn to hear the voice of God is in the offering. Oh, no, 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 I'm not going to do about that. I'm just going to read the word. Well, how many of you know you need to read the word because God always speaks in light of his word. God never asks you to do something else. Oh, well, the Lord said I'm supposed to leave my wife and do this. That's the devil, dog. Come on now. That's not God. But I'm telling you, your development, your ear development will t- take place when there's opportunity to sow. I'm so excited for you guys in the Endeavor offering and the expansion out front. Come on, guys, that is so significant. You have created space for Asheville. That's more than a foyer. Man, I'm preaching better than your amen, and I'm just telling you, that's more than a foyer. That's a space. You have created space. But hearing the voice of God will be developed. Lord, how do you want me to participate? And you'll get that first thought, and then all of a sudden, you're going to, bam. I'm going to tell you a quick story. We, uh, we had an offering uh, a couple weeks back, and we've got a six-year-old in our church, and their family's been a part of our church for Oh, probably 10 or 12 years now. Not the six-year-old, because he's just six. But uh, 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 anyway, so his mom leaned over to him and said, Hey, Byron, what do you feel like you should give in the offering? And he said, Nothing. And she said, Well, why is that? He goes, Because I don't have any money. Now, how many of you sometimes, yeah, we say that for a six-year-old, but how many, not like don't raise your hand, but how many, some of us sitting in this room right now, hey, we're going to receive tithe and offering at the end of the meeting. And that's not me. I don't have any money. Well, you got something. So anyway, uh, so she said, Byron, don't think like that. Do this. Just, just close your eyes and ask the Lord. Say, if money was not an issue, and just say, hey, God, what would you have me to do? So this is kid six. He closes his eyes, and then he tells his mom 10 bucks. Now, here's the deal. It's not the $10. It's not the $10. It is, here is a six-year-old that actually is learning to tune in. And when's the last time you heard the voice of God? I'm more concerned leaving today in a, uh, I've decided and determined that, that part of my grace is to provoke you. I'm a provoker. I, I want to nudge you from your place of comfort, from the limitations that you have set, and then you're just finding little grooves. I'm, my job is to provoke you. So seize every opportunity to discover God is able to provide for you. Amen? Come on, give God a shout. That's good. The next thought is this, is that expectation places a demand on the power of God. Expectation places a demand on the power of God. If there's no demand placed, there's no power released. Paul talks about the kingdom of God as not just words only, but it's the, the, the kingdom of God is, is, is done in demonstration and in power. Not five keys of the power, but the power itself. How many of you realize that if you can plug in your hair dryer, you don't necessarily need to know how electricity works to put a demand on that thing, right? And there is an expectation when you flip that switch that it's going to work. So I want to tell you, in the kingdom of God, every time you walk through these doors, keep your expector on placing a demand on the power of God and you're going to find God moving you to new places and fulfillment of destiny. Amen? So as Resty and I were traveling home on Tuesday, I really felt a nudge from the Lord to get out pen and paper and I began to write what I felt like the Lord, what I thought was actually going to be the message this morning and it's actually only part of the message. 
but I'm going to give to you, it, it was a very interesting thing. It was almost church like I was taking dictation. I felt like the Lord said, pull up a chair, get the pen and paper, and begin to write. So what I'm going to read to you in the next, just this, few little, this next little bit, is really I'm giving it to you as I got it. I'm not elaborating on it. As I was writing, the Holy Spirit just kept saying this, and this is the word to the Rock Church of Asheville. You ready? Here we go. This is starting now. There is a grace and a flow of life contained in the call of God on this place that when leaned into will be caught and assimilated that will have generational impact. God is generational and flows along the unfolding continuum of his eternal purpose. You and I live in segments of time. God is timeless. When we lean into, pick up, and assimilate the anointing and the call that is on this place, we enter into a purpose that is greater than can ever be imagined. The anointing for fatherhood. The anointing for prayer. The anointing for generosity. Allow it to get in you, not just on you, because you can only pass on to others what has been deposited. It's not about, I better just keep reading. See, I cannot tell you each one of these things. We'd be here for an extra five minutes. Allow it to get in you, not just on you. You can only pass on what has been deposited. Knowing what I know now, I see the generational effects of being connected to this house and connected to the grace that is on Pastor Kirk and Pastor Suzette. Knowing what I know now, I see the generational effects of the grace that is on their lives. The Apostle Paul says, you have many teachers, but not many fathers. Fathers reproduce, they don't just produce. Fathers reproduce, they just don't produce. It's not just about the things that we see, but it's the unseen things that is bringing about generational shifts. How you perceive is how you will receive. How you perceive is how you will receive. I am going to elaborate. If you only perceive me as some dude up here on a Sunday morning, you will not receive what I'm actually depositing into your life right now. You are responsible for your per, per, uh, perception. How you perceive these guys is your responsibility. If you just perceive them as just some guys or just the pastors, you will then not be able or be in position to receive the actual word that's being preached. Some people say, oh, pastor, I'm just not being fed anymore. Well, the Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. Pastor, I've discovered in 19 years as a senior minister, most of the folks who will leave saying they're not being fed any anymore is because they're actually not working or putting their hand to the plow and the call and the grace of God that's on this place. Stop evaluating the meal and help cook the meal. Because... This is not your resting place. Look around the room. This isn't all that's coming. There are more that are awaiting your arrival. 
So how you perceive it is how you'll receive it. If you understand that there is equipping that's being released into this atmosphere, you're going to catch something and carry it to the city that God has given you in Jesus' mighty name. What is on this place is better caught than taught. And catching has everything to do with position and posture of heart. Your heart position and your heart posture is your responsibility. You can sit here and you can be here when the pre-service prayer the early morning this morning at the 845, which I encourage you, poke your head in the, in the prayer meeting. Oh, I just come to the 11 o'clock. Hmm? Then you'll just get the 11 o'clock. I feel like I'm meddling just a little bit in love. So before you make any really big decisions, hang around in the prayer meeting. Hang around in the mega worship. Hang around when not just at your 11 o'clock hour. But I'm going to tell you, God is doing something that is so significant in this place. In your heart posture. If you sit here, you could sit here like this, but if if the arms of your heart are crossed, there's not a darn thing I can do to get them uncrossed. That's your responsibility. You'll receive nothing if the posture of your heart is, who is this wise apple? Who does he think he is? I know who I am. I'm a spiritual son sent from this place. Seeing a region impacted and lifted because of the willingness to hang out when I was told that you're not ready. We're eight years on. Pastor, I'm ready to go plant a church. You're not ready. Your posture of heart, you're responsible for. Do you realize that, that the soil that is prepared actually has the ability to not only receive the seed, but carry the seed and grow the seed and then begin to produce 30, 60, 100 fold? It's the unprepared soil. It's the unprepared heart. See, we should come to Sunday mornings with our hearts prepared, expecting to receive, prepared and in a posture of receptivity, not in a posture of arguing or sizing up. I'm just telling you. You'll never catch the word. Or if you do catch it and it gets on you, it'll get taken off you as soon as you walk out the door. There's way too much happening for that to be, be going on in this place. Amen? We receive that encouragement this morning in Jesus' name. Give the Lord a shout right there. Bang! <laughs> Eight minutes. It's important for uh, you to know, church, is that I'm a son sent, not a disgruntled employee who went. I I am a son sent. We were sent to Greensboro. We didn't go to Greensboro. All right, I don't think we're going to get to the notes. Kingdom operates sending sons. For God so loved the world, not only did he not set a committee, he didn't send a program, he sent a son. First of all, Jesus had to be sendable. He didn't get some, Dad, I'm going to go down there. I'm going to do something for the Lord. What are you doing? I'm doing something for the Lord. 
God, the Lord is not obligated to your doing something for him. What did it for the Lord? Did he ask you to do it? What? If I'm doing it for him, he should like move on my behalf. I started this business. I started this marriage. I started this ministry. I started this. Why? Do you guys realize Jesus only did two things? Two. Say two. He did two things. He said, first he said this, and I'll give you some scripture for it. (laughs) For those of you who are wondering, is this cat ever going to get to the Bible? (laughs) Cool thing is, PK, I just build messages and find scripture that relate, and I just stick them in there. (laughs) Teachers don't do that. Jesus said, I do the things that I see my father do, and I say the things I hear my father say. I'm going to give you three quick points. (laughs) Prayer, posture, and the price that Jesus paid to give you access to the presence. I think they call it alliteration. Prayer, posture, the price paid to give us access to the presence. Prayer is more about alignment than it is about bringing requests. We think prayer is, hey God, hey God, hey God, hey God. And prayer is actually more about your and my heart coming to alignment with the purpose of God. Several times we see throughout scripture, Jesus pulled away, Matthew 14, 23, after he dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. Luke 6, 12 and 13, the Bible says, In these days he went out on the mountain to pray. All night he continued to pr- uh, in prayer to God. And when the day came, he called his disciples and chose from them 12, and he named them apostles. Constantly we see Jesus getting out of the mess of ministry and pulling away to pray. Getting out of the mess of life. Listen, it can be life. It can be your social media. It can be the news. At some point, church, we have to move from the mess that we're looking at and listening to because it will, it will rearrange you. Then all of a sudden, you, you and I start praying according to what we see instead of what the Lord is saying. In Habakkuk chapter 2, the, uh, the prophet says, I will climb the mountain and I will stand on my watchtower. There I will wait to see what the Lord would say and how I may respond when I am reproved. The model for prayer. Jesus lived it. He pulled away and he, in order to keep his response to the crowds in line with the Father's intentions, it's rooted in prayer. Amen? Second thing that I want to just share with you, kingdom, is posture. Spiritual posture is one of the least taught principles in church today. We give a lot of people a lot of information, and they take this uh, 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 information, and they assimilate it and arrange it, and they put out a product. But I want to tell you, it's the posture of heart. Even Jesus, he gets to the end of his life, his full life of ministry, he's fulfilled, and he begs God, God, if it be your will, please take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will but thy will be done. Mary, little 12-year-old girl, the angel of the Lord comes and says and begins to reveal God's eternal purpose. And she's 12. She's like, what are you talking about? You're, you're gonna, the spirit of God's going to overshadow you. You're going to be impregnated and you're going to carry the promise. And she's just like, I don't understand any of that. I'm not even married. But be it done according 
to your word. Be it done to your servant according to your word. Not my will, but thy will be done. Posture of heart. We don't have enough time to teach all through this stuff because it's not actually the teaching on posture of heart. Church, look at me. Come here. It's actually about shifting your heart posture. God, let your, let your will be done. In Jesus' name. And the third point I want to just share this morning is this. The price that Jesus has paid. Jesus' death on the cross and the blood shed for the remission of our sins and his resurrection from the dead has paid the price of our sin. And through repentance and faith in Jesus alone, we are born again and heaven is our home. Heaven is not the sole goal of Jesus' sacrifice, but access to the throne of grace is not only an opportunity, but our responsibility that each one of us shares as believers. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19, he says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence, say confidence, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart, full assurance of, in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let me just tell you this. When you and I express confidence in Jesus' sacrifice, when we approach the throne of grace, it pleases God's heart. How many of you know it says in Hebrews as well, it says that faith, what? Pleases God. So when we, by faith, come into God's presence, not throw prayer bombs from across the room or across, hey, God, would you remember me? I'm, I'm telling you, we're, we, we throw and then it's like, well, and then you know what our response is when it doesn't get answered? Well, it must not have been the will of God. How do you know if it was the will of God? Here's how you know that by faith, we press through everything and we have access to the very throne of grace. Some of y'all need to move from outer court living into inner court presence of God, right up into the holy of holies and saying, Father, I'm here not on my own accord, not because I've behaved well, but because of what your son has done. And I come in confidence. I don't come, well, God, you know, shucks, I'm just thinking. You're thinking about yourself. Cut it out. Begin to acknowledge what Christ has done. I'm coming with my head held high. God, what Jesus has done has granted me access and I'm going to take full advantage of the price that you paid. And then all of a sudden we find that once we get into God's presence that our requests begin to be like, wow, Father, not my will, but thy will. It's easier to actually pray that prayer when you find yourself in his presence. Amen. Hey, here's what we're going to do this morning, guys, is that, you know, Jesus paid way too high a price just for the ministers to go into the Holy of Holies and get a good message and come out here and preach it. The reality is, is that Jesus paid an incredibly high price to grant you, me, everybody, restoration of relationship. If you're here this morning and, and for the very first time, and most of the time, sometimes we close our eyes, sometimes we're opening. Today, we're just gonna keep our eyes open. If you're here today and you cannot look to the specific point, for me, October 26, 1986, I surrendered my life to Jesus and I opened up and I turned and I said, Jesus, I need to live for you. And the help of the Holy Spirit came. And you cannot point to that, well, I've been around church. Hey, listen, being around church doesn't guarantee anything. Confession, faith, and acknowledging Jesus' sacrifice to us. For the very first time, if you're here, I'm just, I want to lead you in a prayer. If that is you, just lift your hand up. We're not going to embarrass you. We're just going to say, hey, come on, welcome to the family. Man, we come, welcome to the family. I see your hand. 
I see your hand. Come on. There's about four more, actually. Come on. You guys are awesome. Awesome. I see your hand. 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 Come on. That's amazing. Come on. See, Jesus didn't pay a price to give you a list of rules to do better. He realized you couldn't do better. He says, I'm here to help. So when we say, Lord, that's it, that's me. Maybe you're here this morning, and at one point you felt really close, and you were walking, but maybe there's been a bit of disconnect or a little bit of a drift, and you're ready to say, I'm tired of drifting. I'm ready to come home. If that is you, just slip your hand up right now. Come on. Now, let me just tell you this. Be honest. People may not be, may be put out with your honesty. God loves it when you're honest. He also knows when you're not. So you might as well. Like, you ain't feeling fooling nobody. No, I'm fine. I'm really, all things are good. God's like, would you please? I've been trying to get to you. If you're here and you've drifted a bit and you're ready just to come back, say, Lord, I need you. I need your presence. I need your nearness. I need your help. If that's you, raise your hand. Amen. Come on. Let's give these guys a shout. With every head up and every eye open, let's pray this prayer together. Lord Jesus, thank you for today. And today I acknowledge your sacrifice, your death, your burial, and your resurrection as sufficiency for the cleansing of my sin. I receive you now. Thank you for receiving me. And thank you for the help in the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Can we give the Lord a shout right now? Come on. Come on, let's give the Lord a shout. He's good. He's good. Amen. Pastor Kirk. Pastor Witt Tolan. That's a... That's a bullet train right through the... Through the station here. That was awesome, man. Thank you so much. Hey, uh, we're gonna we're gonna shift for just a moment and uh, and honor the Lord with our tithe and our offering. And I want to cover a couple of things as we go through this. Um, a week or two ago, we received our Endeavor Spring Offering, which is uh, our church given an opportunity to sow into some of the projects that we have. That it's above our tithe, which kind of goes towards maintenance of everything that goes on, but Endeavor Giving actually helps us build buildings and improve buildings and uh, dig water wells and do missions work and a lot of things that we have done, a lot of things that we have on our heart to do. And our church uh, family came together a couple weeks ago and brought Endeavor Spring Offering $101,754. Thank you so much. Whoever gave 65 cents, thank you so much for sewing that in there. You know, one of the things I discovered, I was reminded again, as I sent, a, I sent several text messages out to people who really leaned in in a strong way for this offering. And just to say thank you uh, for believing in what God's called us to do. Thank you for trusting us. Uh, with those resources. Thank you for sowing and enabling us to reach more people than ever before. And almost to a person, those people who were generous all said, no, thank you for giving us a chance to sow into something that really matters for eternity. 
And I was reminded again that givers love to give, just like takers love to take. So uh, I just want to say thank you to everyone who participated in our Endeavor Spring Offering. I can promise you this, we always have new things on our heart for what God wants us to do. We're going to keep reaching for people no matter what. So thank you for doing that. Today we're going to uh, receive tithe and offering. Your tithe is your first and best 10% of everything that God entrusts into your life, and that belongs to your local church. But I also want to give us an opportunity to sow an offering into Pastor Witt and their ministry in Greensboro. I, I'm, I'm so thrilled that we had an opportunity 19 years ago to sow a seed, uh, sow the best seed that we had at the time into another city. And I believe that every person that gets reached in Greensboro is actually a part of the credit of that goes to our account, you know, because we sowed a seed. And so I believe we can continue to sow. And I don't want us to approach this biblically for a, a moment. First Corinthians 9, the Apostle Paul is writing to the, uh, the church in Corinth that he founded. And he says this, uh, this uh, he says, it's written in the law of Moses, you shall not muzzle the ox while threshing. God's not so concerned about oxen, is he? So in other words, he's saying, it's not just about ox and threshing, it's about a principle. Or is he speaking all together for our sake? Yes, for our sake it was written because the plowman ought to plow in hope and the thresher to thresh in hope of sharing the crops. If we sowed spiritual things in you, if someone sowed ministry into you, is it too much if we reap material things from you? So also the Lord directed that those who proclaim the gospel should get their living from the gospel. And all I want to say is, as a house, uh, I want us to be generous toward ministry that God sends to us. Here's what I've discovered about being open to ministry is that the way we receive ministry determines whether God will keep sending us ministry. You know, there were places where Jesus went where they were not receptive to what Jesus had to say or do, and, and he left. He just shook the dust off his feet and said, are you going to be receptive to me and what I have to give? And I think every time we have somebody that brings ministry, brings grace, brings anointing uh, into our life, then the way we respond to that, and part of responding is showing up, you know, part of responding is leaning in, uh, you know, and trying on the ministry, but I really believe that biblically, one of the ways to respond to ministry, one of the ways to show God, we're not paying Whitman for preaching a message. We are responding to the grace that God sent into our, into our midst, into our house. So I want to encourage every person in this room, don't exclude yourself from this moment. 
this is an opportunity for each one of us to sow in. So anything that is undesignated in this offering, we're going to receive it as, as tithe. And these are all the ways that you can be involved in giving. But if you would like to sow into Pastor Witt, Suzette and I are going to do that for sure. Uh, I want to encourage you to do that and just earmark that in some way. Pastor Witt, PW, Bullet Train, I don't know, whatever. Just something. Uh, so that we could bless the man of God that's been with us today. So ushers are coming forward right now to receive our tithe and offering. this to you. I know so many of you, just a few moments ago, you raised your hand, you responded to Jesus, and you just made the best decision of your entire life. We're thrilled for you. All of heaven is thrilled for you. We want to help you take your next step. So grab a Connect card. Let us know that you made that decision and swing by Next Steps in our lobby on your way out today. And we'll give you this as well to resource you on your new journey with Christ. Our prayer team is here under the screen as well. They would love to pray with you about that decision you made today or really anything that's happening in your world. Guests, remember we can't wait to meet you through those doors at the Next Steps area. We've got volunteers out there waiting for you right now. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, guys, thanks so much for being here today. We love you. Can't wait to see you next Sunday for Expansion Grand Opening. It's going to be amazing. Have a great week.